Welcome to the Sub Club Podcast, a show dedicated to the best practices for building and growing app businesses. We sit down with the entrepreneurs, investors, and builders behind the most successful apps in the world to learn from their successes and failures. Subclub is brought to you by RevenueCat. Thousands of the world's best apps trust RevenueCat to power in-app purchases, manage customers, and grow revenue across iOS, Android, and the web. You can learn more at revenuecat.com. Let's get into the show. Hello, I'm your host, David Bernard, and my guest today is JC Day, Senior Product Designer at GitHub. Prior to joining GitHub, JC worked at Blinkist, where she created the ethical subscription design pattern, now promoted by Apple and used by many top apps. On the podcast, we talk with JC about how Blinkist increased trial start rates by 23%, balancing user experience with business objectives, and why telling people how to cancel can actually lead to fewer cancellations. Hey, JC, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, David, thanks so much for having me here. Super excited. So you're at GitHub now, uh, which is a super cool company doing amazing things uh, and great role there. But what I wanted to talk about today is Blinkist and some of your work there. Uh, so, so to kick things off, I'd just love to hear about um, uh, you joining Blinkist and kind of what your role was there at Blinkist. Yeah, so with Blinkist, I was a senior product designer on the conversion and growth team. How I started with Blinkist originally, uh, I had a, my own company called AvocadoBots doing chatbots for conferences and events and some health startups. We could not find product market fit and my co-founder left me. So I decided to do some like client freelance work with some people that we were working with. Uh, Blinkist became one of my clients. I absolutely loved the team, what we were working on, the product. Um, so yeah, I joined the conversion and growth team and was there for about three-ish, nearly three years. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't even know that story. So cool. I mean, I, I try and like, you know, research guests ahead of time, but I didn't realize it was a contract to paid position. That's yeah, actually yeah, something yeah. I think too few people uh, experiment with. Like I was actually a contractor at Revenue Cat uh, yeah. for two years before I went on full time. And it was kind of like gave me a transition time from like entrepreneur to employee yeah, <laughs> and then totally. like made sure things were, you know, going to work out and everything. Yeah. Um, so it can be a great way to kind of uh, work through a, a working relationship and figure out your role um, yeah. versus just always hiring direct. Um, anyways, yeah. enough about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me a little bit about Blinkist. I think most of our listeners yeah. will be familiar, but just to give some context for the rest of the conversation, tell me a little bit about what Blinkist does. Yeah, so Blinkist is a learning platform. Uh, they have 15-minute summaries of books and also now podcasts as well. Uh, they have a over 20 million users now. So yeah, probably a lot of people have tried it before, have heard of it before. Yeah, I actually have not. So <laughs> on, yeah. on my, uh, <laughs> I try so many apps and yeah. um, and so many of our uh, Revenue Cat customers, I've you know, tried uh, all sorts of subscription apps over the years. Uh, it's one of the few I haven't, but uh, 
if they do a, a summary of this podcast, I'll have to make sure. <laughs> oh, good point. They totally should. Okay, meta. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you gotta hit up your uh, hit up your colleagues. I'd yeah, love yeah, to be exactly. on the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Actually, will probably. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so the main thing I want to chat through today, and and there's so much depth that it, it will probably take up the whole time just talking about this, but. Um, you're kind of internet famous for uh, working on this. It, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm so plugged into the subscription app world and like yeah. I just eat, live and breathe subscription apps. And so when when this ethical design pattern that you helped create uh, hit Twitter and uh, the subclub community that, that mm-hmm. I run, it just was like huge buzz. And then now Apple uses it. And so it really was like a a pretty big kind of moment in the subscription app space of like, wow, this is like a whole different way to approach paywalls. So that's what I wanted to dig into today. And I wanted to start with understanding the, the product discovery process. So I think this is where a lot of, of subscription apps maybe rely a little too heavily on patterns they've seen before versus actually talking to customers, doing user research, and just, you know, brainstorming what are things we we think might work. And so, you know, I, I listed a couple things, you know, user research and brainstorming, but I'm sure there's at Blink at a company like Blinkist, there's a whole process around it. So I wanted to kind of talk through that product discovery process or feature discovery process uh, at Blinkist. Yeah, with this problem specifically, like I took it from like uh, when I first started, basically, I saw that this was the the, the biggest problem that they had on Blinkist, at Blinkist. Um, and a lot of people at the company knew this, but exactly, basically they said, well, it's an industry-wide thing. This is happening to a lot of people. This right. has probably happened to you. It's happened to a lot of people I've spoken with. Um, so it was just like, this is the normal. And what was the problem specifically that you were looking at? Yeah, yeah, I guess we should talk about the actual problem first too, yeah, so the... So here was that um, on th- we would offer the seven-day trial uh, right mm-hmm. at the beginning. And then people would sign up for this trial, give their credit card. And on day seven, they would be charged unexpectedly sometimes. So they forget to cancel, uh, maybe haven't used the app or just deleted the app. And then they're writing these complaints being like, hey, I was charged for this. And of course, like emp- like my empathy, I was just like, I feel so bad for th- that this is happening to just so many people out there. It's such a common thing. Um, so yeah, that was the problem with that we were trying to tackle, um, gotcha. is less people complaining that, yeah, they're charged without knowing. Yeah. And imagine that was both, uh, a drag on, on reviews that you would get reviews mm-hmm. that, that share, you know, Hey, this is, and, and I think that there is, there are some, you know, three day free trials are really confusing with Apple because it actually charges like two days in and. So yeah. people sometimes do genuinely feel scammed when the free trial hits earlier than they expect or, mm-hmm. or they forget. Um, so it's a drag on reviews, but I imagine it was also uh, a customer support burden. So, mm-hmm. you know, customer support probably had to handle a lot of these. And then, uh, oh, well, and I mean, just to, to <laughs> complain a little bit, Apple doesn't mm-hmm. make this easy either because <laughs> no. you have to actually tell them, go to Apple and ask for a refund. You can't just have that great customer experience of like Mm -hmm. giving them a refund directly. Exactly. Yeah. And then the third thing, you know, was there kind of user research around this as well um, to understand what, how people actually felt about this free trial and getting canceled and not being able to cancel? 
Yeah, so we had a researcher that was gathering this data from like NPS surveys that we were doing, and then also from the App Store reviews, also Google Play reviews from like different sources, also from customer service complaints, and kind of made this this report every month. And like every time it would be that this was the highest thing. So it was kind of gathering those things. Wow. So it was very clear that this was happening. Yeah. But then, yeah, it wasn't until like way later when I really pushed this as more like, okay, this is can be better for the business. If we have less complaints about this, let's research this a bit more. Um, so then we worked with another researcher as well to do like a survey, talk to users and get more information on this also. Yeah. And so then uh, there were a few experiments you did to early on to to try and ameliorate this, including even just removing the free trial. So how, how did that experiment go? Yeah. So we had tried in the past, like, yeah, just completely or just having the, the paywall right away and not really having an app experience that you could use. Or just um, before, like years ago, we didn't actually have the seven day trial. You could just try the app for three days or seven days or something like that. And once we implemented this, you know, seven day trial, conversion went way higher. And with all of these experiments trying to get rid of it, it was just terrible. It was just, it was when the conversion went so much down, it was just like impossible to keep the business going with this. So, yeah. (laughs) And then I imagine it's a, it is a really tough thing in this role of trying to balance the business objectives, because in some ways, and this is always a little bit of a tension with subscription app businesses is that there just is by default going to be a certain number of people who don't intend to be subscribed. And mm-hmm. I, I call them zombie subscribers. Like they haven't used the app in six months, nine months, a year, but they're still subscribed because they forget or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is a little bit of, of tension between kind of the business objective of like, we're a for-profit company and if somebody's paying us, we don't want to not take their money. (laughs) But then on the flip side, there's the kind of, you know, ethical and even just Mm -hmm. kind of user experience side of we we want people to have a good experience. So if they don't, if they're not intending to pay us, we don't want to take their money. So how Mm -hmm. how did you kind of think through and and start trying to figure out how to balance the kind of business and ethics and and customer empathy as a, mm-hmm. as a product designer. Yeah. With your point too, about like the people that have been subscribed for six months as well, that was another thing that we started to tackle later too, that uh, people didn't know how to cancel, like how do they cancel right. in the app? Um, so they keep kept on subscribing, but that was like another project that we did uh, later. Well, let's talk, let's talk later. about that later. Okay, talk, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that was also interesting, but um, yeah. So back to the question of like, yeah, I had this like designer brain that I've always known that's like, okay, always like stand up for the user, do what's right for the user. And wasn't really thinking as much about the business. Like when I first started at Blink, it's like this business case. And I was like, for the user, we got to get rid of this subscription stuff, you know, like just get rid of it. It's too bad. And then uh, everyone's like, no, like we need, as you said, like, it's like a capitalism. We need to, we need to make money for the <laughs> money for this business. And so that they can pay our salary as well. Um, so I, it was like nine months later, I was like still thinking about this. We're working on other problems that weren't as, you know, as big of problems, but still doing that. And then I took this approach of like, what is good for the business in this case? And that's how I pitched it, that 
we can decrease these customer service complaints. So there's less burden on that team. And then also that there's less of these complaints. And then we have more growth and like people actually downloading the app in the app store. So yeah, it was like kind of finding that balance between saying, and it also just good for team morale and ethics, of course, as well, um, that if we did something to try to tackle this problem. Then when I took that approach of this kind of like finding that middle ground, then we started to work on this project and uh, yeah, had a workshop to get everybody on board and excited about this. So yeah. Early on, what what was the pitch? So you have the problem. Uh, was the pitch the specific idea that then became this ethical uh, design pattern? Or, or what was the kind of first pitch? And then how did you start to iterate toward what we eventually saw in the uh, in, in the blog post you shared and, and ultimately on the App Store? So yeah, it was definitely like a team thing. This wasn't just like an idea that I had after seeing all of this. Like we took all this research. I made sure to like, yeah, work with this researcher, put everything together and then had this workshop. Um, and this workshop, we put all of our minds on, our team was called the Kartoffel team. Uh, and that was working on conversion and growth. And we all kind of like came up with ideas in this workshop that I ran. And um, the end decision that we all wanted to work on was this kind of like timeline and t- trial reminders concept. Um, but the, yeah, the pitch was more, and then for this, like, yeah, it was like this backing up with this research and saying, um, and then coming out of this of this workshop as well, saying, okay, we're going to decrease customer service complaints by 10%. And uh, we think that will be beneficial for the business as well. Gotcha. So yeah, that's great. So the pitch was that it's a problem that needed to be solved. Let's dedicate resources to it. Mm-hmm. And then once the pitch was kind of approved, you had the workshop to start brainstorming. At the, and that's great too, that at the end of the workshop, you had a specific goal in mind. We need to reduce mm-hmm. customer service complaints by 10% around mm-hmm. this. So, so once you had kind of the early stages of an idea and you had this goal in mind, what, what, how did you start the process of actually building it? Um, prototyping, wireframing, like how did, how did it actually like come into being? Yeah. So for the the first kind of test we wanted to run was with um, these trial reminders. So not this like timeline subscription screen people have made, seen in the article. It was just having the screen after you subscribe, um, you have a, a, a modal um, that would say, do you want to subscribe to these uh, trial reminders? So a couple of days before your trial ends, you'll be reminded and you can cancel. Um, so that was kind of the idea that we came out of this with. And so we were using like an external tool and I ended up coding and designing this like modal thing um, that would come up um, and and ask people to opt in. And it was funny too with this project as well, like we thought 10% people, sorry, 10% more would cancel during their trial because they see this. If they subscribe to this this, um, notification, um, we thought that a bunch of people would cancel. And we were okay with that if we got the 10% more customer complaints decreasing. So um, I did some kind of like different designs for this, but mainly we just used like a modal that we already had that existed for a quick test. Yeah. And did did you start with um, user testing or did you actually split test live in in the app in production? So for this part, I think um, I think for this one, we just actually just did A-B testing in the app for this. Maybe I did get some. I probably got some user testing or user research from this, but people were generally this whole project, we're excited about it. Um, yeah. But then we did this as, uh, yeah, an A-B test in the app. What were those early results then? So you had a, a separate modal. So 
they hit the paywall, they say mm-hmm. start free trial, and then they get the modal. Yeah. What, what were the kind of responses and experience and what were the results you started to see with this first experiment? Yeah. So with this experiment, experiment we surprisingly saw 4% less people canceled. Uh, oh, which wow. was very, which is very surprising for us, yeah. um, because we expected it to be ten percent more people canceling, so the opposite. Um, and then we kind of had the hypothesis around this that okay, we're being more trustworthy as a company, and we're also reminding people to use the app. But then additionally, this wasn't the goal at all. But we saw that there was an increase in uh, uh, opt into these push notifications by one thousand one hundred and sixteen percent, which is totally a vanity number, but six percent. <laughs> To 74% uh, opt-in to push notifications. Um, So that was also also amazing and wasn't the goal, but was just still like a wonderful increase that we saw. So So then with those early results seeming really promising, what were the Mm -hmm. kind of next steps to iterate on that? Yeah. So once we once we gathered these results and we then we rolled it out to everybody because these these results were super great. So of course we wanted to benefit from this. Um, And then we started to think about, yeah, what are the next steps from this? Like, how do we benefit more from this because this performed so, so, so much better than we thought? Uh, And then that's where the idea came of like, let's do this like timeline screen. And I think this is also from some ideas that we had back in the workshop as well. So to have a screen, it, it, it wasn't necessarily a timeline at that point, but just somehow saying on the subscription screen, like, hey, we can send you reminders if you opt into this. So we will let you know to cancel so you don't have to do it right away. So that's what kind of started to become this this uh, timeline prototype, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then similar, did you kind of follow this similar pattern of kind of building out a, a, a prototype and then rolling it out in the app as a A-B test? Yeah. So for this one, we definitely did user testing. So I built a prototype and put this in front of users to see how they reacted to it. And it was overwhelmingly positive. Like we showed people the app and the screen. And they liked the screen more than the actual app. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. okay, maybe we should continue with this, of course. So there wasn't actually so much to change. Um, and then with this as well, we um, we rolled this out too as an A-B test. I didn't code this one. This was within the app. Um, but we also wanna, we had this constraint actually that we had to use kind of something that we were using before for the subscription screens and like fit it in there. So honestly, this design I really didn't like. I thought it was <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty ugly, but it was for this test. So I just thought, okay, let's like right. let's let's A B test this. I mean, now that all these other apps have copied the screen, I'm like, okay, I guess it's all right. It's not so bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was like, no, we have to improve on this. Anyway, so this was this was uh, then A B tested. Right. Yeah. And then so so then let's talk through. So you've you you kind of started with the the modal and mm-hmm. that was promising then you incorporated it into the paywall directly started ab testing that what were the what were the final results and then this is where you ended up writing a whole blog post about it but what 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 did you see in those final results and did you do other kind of tweaks along the way yeah with this yeah there was a there was a few tweaks that we did from from this user testing, but nothing too big. yeah, so then we rolled this uh, a b test out to see how that would perform. and also in the meantime, we were waiting for results from the previous test to see if we did decrease these like customer service complaints by ten percent. so we were also right. waiting for that. so within the meantime, um yeah, with this a b test though with the 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 subscription screen test, 
um, then we saw that there was an increase in trial subscriptions by 23%, which was super huge for us um, at Blinkist. Um, and yeah, that, that was huge. So once we saw that, then we also rolled this out to everybody as well. And I know you're not as like involved day to day in the kind of instrumentation, actually rolling out A-B tests and things like that. I mean, it, kind of the, the luxury of being at a bigger company like, like Blinkist. But from, from your side as a, as a product designer, um, what was your kind of perspective on, on how the A-B tests were run? Or do you remember some of the details about like how they split it? And then what um, kind of metrics were you able to look at specifically um, as they were running those tests? Yeah, I um, honestly don't remember too much about, about this <laughs> and how we, how we rolled it out. Um, this is done like kind of managed by like product management and some other teams on like what ex- how we exactly did these A-B tests. We definitely A-B gotcha. tested like everything all of the time. So it was a pretty like, yeah, good working system. Um, but with this A-B test, then we can see like, I can't remember the exact metrics, but there was like, we had specific goals and stuff. So there was like retention and conversion and seven day trial and day one subscription and all, all of these kind of metrics, various metrics for this. Um, but for this one specifically, we were looking for the um, trial signups. And then um, you did say in the post that one of the results, and, and this is shocking given your, your goal, uh, but they actually decreased complaints by 55%. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about, I mean, that must have been just such a huge win as a company to see such a huge number. Totally. I mean, and our goal was 10%. So <laughs> we were also very surprised by this. This was huge, like 55%. And that was our main goal. Um, so yeah, we were super, super stoked about this. Um, and yeah, of course, rolled out all of this um, and like made it optimized so that this is uh, not just an A-B test and everything. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super great. Internally, what what is the kind of hypothesis around why it worked so well. I mean, or, and not just a hypothesis. I mean, you, you know, you're seeing the, the, mm-hmm. you're seeing the data that, you know, people are coming in, but you're also doing, you know, talking to users and seeing the customer support. What's the hypothesis around why it's working so well. And then also like, uh, in some ways I'm surprised you're still getting complaints, but I, <laughs> I guess that defaults back to like, people just don't read as much as you like as much as you think you're like crafting this great experience. Mm -hmm. There's a certain percentage that just don't actually pay attention. Yeah. So, so I'm asking too many questions here, but I guess (laughs) let's, let's start with the, the hypothesis around kind of why it works so well. Yeah, I think it's, it's because of the transparency and the trust. This was such a thing for people because of course, like they have been burned so many times through these other apps that it almost like <laughs> benefited us in this way that they're like, finally right. an app that like I can trust and uh, they know how I feel and they're listening. And I think that was just super important. Um, letting people know that they can cancel. They don't have to be scared of us. That was like, just, I think just super important. And I think, I think with all of this, I mean, a lot, a lot of the time with conversion, yeah, we're using these different, like, almost like tactics or you hear this from this place and that, but then just like really like listening to your users, like the psychology of them and understanding them is just so important and understanding like what they want to hear here. So yeah, that was just super important. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so in the 50, in the uh, 45% that are still complaining uh, or whatever number of users that is, what is your sense for, for what's not working for that, those cohorts who still complain about uh, getting charged? Yeah, so this was after the first three months was 55%. Like, I don't know if maybe since then it's got gone down. Um, there was like right. people that had already... Um, that had subscribed years ago and had this problem and are still complaining about it because they got charged in 2016 or something. So we saw these like lagging people that would make complaints. And also people can also, I don't know, they they delete the app still um, or they turn off the notifications or there's there's still so many, like this is a great solution, but it's not like an end all, this is the final like thing to solve this problem. I don't, I think there's more that we can do in this space. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious because this is it is somewhat unintuitive generally. But you said that that as a company, you thought a lot about how to help people who don't want to stay subscribed unsubscribe, which, you know, again, somewhat counterintuitive from a business perspective, but from a user empathy perspective is exactly how I would hope more and more companies approach subscriptions. Cause as mm-hmm. an, as an industry and kind of to your point, even about people feeling like they could trust Blinkist, you know, if every subscription app is kind of ringing the most money they can possibly ring out of the most possible users as an industry, I don't think we, we move forward if people are not happy about, the apps they're using and paying for them via subscription. So what are some of the things you've learned as far as like helping people to unsubscribe? Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, we definitely learned from this that we want to be, yeah, just continue to like bring more transparency about how to, how to unsubscribe. Um, Yeah. In general, like we just, yeah, also thought just like ethically, it's just so much better and it's like benefiting the business as well, of course. But yeah, we, we wanted to do more with this. Um, like we added FAQ to the subscription screen afterwards that let people know that they can uh, unsubscribe or that they can cancel their subscription. Yeah, there was there was quite a lot from this that we that we tried to kind of implement within our team with the customer service team. Not really sure what they implemented after this, but um, yeah, gotcha. Probably something there as well was impacted. I think. <laughs> And I forget from the post, and you might not know offhand exactly, but um, one of the results that you know, we already talked about was that trial signups um, increased by twenty percent. Did you see? Did you see some drop in in the actual trial conversion rate? So that it, was it a net neutral from a a revenue standpoint, or or did it actually even increase revenue slightly? This definitely would increase revenue for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. So like we still saw, like we continued to see that there wasn't like how at the beginning, like there was like 4% less people canceled. Like that still rung true through these other tests as well when we had this. So it it stayed basically continuous that these numbers. Gotcha. So increasing trial signups by 23% and decreasing trial Mm -hmm. cancellations by 4% means that, yeah, net, you're actually a pretty big, I mean, there aren't a lot of experiments that you can do that would increase revenue that much in one fell swoop. So that's, yeah, Yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, another thing, and, and, 
I don't know how much longer you were at Blinkist after this all was implemented, but I'm curious if as a company, you know, if, if you know, or, you know, or followed up with colleagues in the past uh, as to kind of long-term look back. So, so one thing I'm always thinking about is, okay, I can, an app can increase trial starts by a hundred percent by making a hard paywall. They can increase um, trial conversion rate by by going more freemium so that the people who finally start your free trial already have such a, a great experience in the app that they're more likely to actually convert. It's like there's a lot of ways to kind of move the needle, but then there's a whole chain of things that happen after that. There's, you know, renewals, there's engagement mm-hmm. in the app and, and all those kind of things. So I'm curious if there were any uh, research into how some of these cohorts performed uh, in the long run, as far as like retention and engagement in the app and things like that. Yeah, totally. This is something I wanted to know more about when I was actually there, like to get this, like, yeah, like if there, if, you know, the revenues were increased and also, yeah, like later in the journey for these users, unfortunately, we didn't have a really good setup for that just because we had so many different teams working on different things at the same time that we didn't have a great gotcha. way to track this, I think that yeah like there was just so many different things going on also like the marketing team was doing a lot of amazing things and there were so many different things going on that there was not really like one way to really look and be like okay this is the effects of this um six months later or whatever besides like within the customer um customer complaints for example like that stayed down like that is not the biggest attractor at Blinkist anymore and it was for years and years so that's great so that's definitely stayed down and we could kind of see that like yeah, the, the revenue increased from this and stayed that way. The test, uh, so this was like a, we didn't do this deliberately, uh, but the the screen, uh, f- somehow there was a bug and for a week it went back to the old screen. And then me and the product oh. manager were off that week and we didn't see that this happened. Like we would have seen this in the data, but like just nobody was looking. Right. And then after a week, they're like, oh no, what's going on? Like something's wrong. Well, like we came back and like, I don't know, revenue is weird. And then this is weird. And then we're like, the screen was just down for weeks. So we're like, based on how that dips, we're like, okay, it's 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 working. It's still working. <laughs> an accidental <laughs> incrementality test <laughs> yeah. or an accidental, um, yeah, revert to the control test. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And then, yeah. so yeah, that was that was like a lot of, uh, yeah, that was like pretty like, ah, uh, stressful time, but uh, it was clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've already had one of your, your former colleagues, uh, Jessica, on the yeah. podcast. I'll, I'll have to find somebody who is, on the product team or AB testing or, you know, data science or somebody else at Blinkist to to talk through the actual numbers and how the results are evaluated and and whether or not, you know, some of your your former colleagues have now been able to kind of look at the long-term data. Cause that, that's, Mm -hmm. that's really fascinating to see kind of how things do end up performing over time. Even if, if the immediate numbers look fantastic, you also still have to make sure six months, nine months, you know, years down the road that yeah. uh, it's still kind of driving those business objectives. But like you said, it's tough because you wouldn't necessarily want to just remove it, even if, you know, renewals weren't as good, because mm-hmm. even if renewals went down a certain percentage, you actually increased uh, revenue by a certain percentage. So mm-hmm. some of those things might even balance out over time anyway. Yeah. And maybe though they're like more likely to stay renewed because like you said, the trust and the engagement yeah. and things. Yeah. And continuously though, like, of course, like Blinkist is always doing tests um, and like they've been testing with different onboarding and everything else. So this is, also the subscription screen isn't the 
final subscription screen. They're still testing. So right, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you you did all this, had amazing success, uh, and then you wrote this article that again, I mean, I don't know like how many visitors it's gotten or whatever, but in my world, it was like huge. <laughs> it was like one of the the biggest like um, <laughs> you know articles in subscription apps of like 20, I don't know when it was, 2021 oh or God. early 2022, but you know, it was huge. Oh, uh, thanks, everybody David. was talking about it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me about the, the process of, of writing the article and then kind of some of the things that, that happened as part of that. Yeah, um, so with this article, like after this, after we saw all the results from this, I really just wanted more apps to do this. And that's why I wrote the article. Like I wanted... I wanted more people to do this. I felt so bad for these users that this was happening to. So I was like, I got to get this out there. I love writing. So that's what I did. Um, and then I said, I really want this to be in Apple guidelines. Once Apple starts promoting this, then I can quit design. I'm just going to retire because it's <laughs> like my end goal of everything. Um, this did happen, but I'm, I'm still designing for some reason. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so with this, yeah, I wrote this article. Uh, and then, yeah, it just it, it kind of it blew up a little bit. I think um, with Subclub as well, it was super awesome because I didn't even know about this community. And then Thomas reached out and was like, oh, everybody's talking about the article. It's very cool. And then so I think there's a lot of people hyping it up and sharing it and stuff. So that was super awesome. And then just to see it continuously share and then just so many people adopt it and stuff is super awesome. I should know this, but uh, UX Planet is is just a it, tell me about what UX Planet is and why you ended up writing it there versus on the Blinkist blog or on a personal blog. Yeah, so it just it's just bigger reach. Like with Medium, like I just reach out gotcha. to um, these. It's a it's a big publication, and you can still say, "Hey, visit my website," whereas some other publications don't allow that. So it was just basically right. like a bigger reach than just as JC. We thought about doing it under Blinkist, but also didn't have so much of a reach. So I was like, "Right, I'm gonna put it out there." So yeah, <laughs> oh, that's that's super smart. Yeah, <laughs> and probably in the long run, by getting by pushing it out to the the user experience community mm-hmm. probably did get a lot more attention and ultimately that accrues to blinkist even though it's not on the blinkist uh, website directly mm-hmm. and it's not it's not something where it was kind of seo for blinkist customers anyway <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense but yeah i i had no idea too like it was more directed at designers like i had no idea that like there was this like conversion community that would pick this up and like be so excited about it. So yeah, at the time, yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And, and you mentioned the, the subclub community, um, you know, in, in any industry and, and the subscription app industry is, is fairly new, mm-hmm. but kind of finding people to talk about these things with. And, and like, obviously I'm, I'm like so into this and excited about it. But it was fun in the sub club community to have this blow up there too. That I mean, it's not a huge community. We have like 500 uh, members or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, if, for those of you listening, if you want to join, uh, there's a wait list, uh, chat.subclub.com. But it's just cool that there are people who care about these things and care about the ethics of it and care about the user experience yeah. of it and care about the business outcome of it. Mm-hmm. And so after you wrote this and it kind of blew up, then uh, a bunch of apps started uh, actually using it, which is must be incredibly rewarding to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about some of the kind of aftermath. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it, it totally uh, did. Like, so many so many apps are using it now. I have like a thread on Twitter now, just like finding these all the time. I mean, people send them to me all the time. 
every like second app I use now, I see it and I'm like, that's my design. That's my like design that's I thought awesome. was ugly. So, like, <laughs> <great."> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's cool to see people also adopt it and like add their own kind of design to it to match their branding. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's super awesome um, that, yeah, that's just so many people are using it. And I just, I like to think of just how many people this is benefiting as well. Just like users right. that aren't being charged this and can use that money for something that they want to use it for. And it's not, doesn't feel right. like stolen money anymore. So I think that's super cool. Yeah. That's super important yeah. for me, the ethics of it. Yeah. Uh, any top implementations that, that you've seen that maybe even iterated kind of on some of your ideas that you think they, they did some really cool stuff? Oh, good question. Yeah. I've seen a few. There was one that was like help. Alp Audio, they added some other tweaks and did an article on it that was super awesome. Um, there was, I've, I think it was them or another, uh, yeah, somebody else a part of Subclub as well had these like steps. So like having, uh, like basically having the user feel like they've they've achieved something. So like the first step, second step, third step, fourth step was like they already had done something at the beginning. The first step was like download the app or something like this. So I think gotcha. that was like a really cool iteration on on it as well. I saw Duolingo do a bunch of different designs with it as well that was shared. Yeah. Like the visual yeah. UI of it was pretty cool. So yeah. So like now Apple specifically promotes this on their website as like a design pattern to follow. Did they use your pretty much exact design pattern or did they do their own tweaks as well? They did basically the exact same. They just changed the name of what the app is. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they totally could have just asked Blinkist, like, hey, can we use Blinkist right. here? And Blinkist would have been like, sure, man. And then it would have been fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I know a few people at Apple. I might I might go ahead and suggest that. <laughs> I mean, I don't care anymore. At the beginning, I was kind of like, what? Like, I don't know. There's no credit there or anything. But anyway, it's like, once again, I think it's better for the world. So cool. Yeah, and I'm probably absolutely. making Apple a ton more money. <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny how that works right uh, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome huge, yeah yeah so another thing i did want to ask kind of as we as we start to wrap up so one of the main takeaways here does seem to be that you know transparency and creating a great user experience can actually benefit the business as well and that mm -hmm. it's 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 not just um uh, you know, something you do for ethical reasons, but something you can do for ethical and business reasons. Um, so after you saw that design pattern work so well in the paywall, are there other things that, that you started to experiment with at Blinkist related to this kind of transparency? Yeah, totally. Um, after we noticed this too, like on the subscription screen, we started to add, like, I, I think I mentioned before, but like a longer screen with this FAQ of how to cancel. And we started to notice that the more we mentioned cancel on the subscription screen, the, the more trial signups we would get, which is kind of backwards. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then at some point we said, we got to stop mentioning cancel because we say it way too many times on this screen. So this was just super in, it, like insightful. This is super interesting that, yeah, adding just like more information about how to cancel and then just changing like the wording or like just like mentioning that you can cancel. This is how to cancel. That also increased conversion by... Uh, 9%, I think. So that was also very wow. interesting as well. So I'm um, doing these little tweaks here. I think also there's other projects. Like I think from here, yeah, there could be more like within the app maybe even. So like, hey, like making it clear where you can cancel because if you have to go to the app store, then like having some more information there and stuff. So we were exploring ideas like that as well. Gotcha. 
And so, so now you're at GitHub. You <laughs> yeah. left, you left Blinkist and all yeah. this uh, fun, amazing work. Um, yeah. Anything you wanted to share as we wrap up about uh, GitHub and your team there? Yeah. So I started, uh, yeah, at GitHub like nearly a year ago now. Um, I thought it was just interesting. So I'm working on communities and like uh, focusing right now on how to um, grow communities and stuff. So I think that's super interesting as well. Still kind of focusing a bit on growth, but not as much like subscription app uh, things at the moment, even though uh, I love it and I miss it a little bit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> communities is also super awesome. Um, but yeah, maybe in the future, once I launch some more stuff, I can talk more about those things. Right now, can't really. Yeah. <laughs> GitHub now owned by Microsoft. So yeah. I, I won't feel too bad saying this, but at some point I hope you're you're poached back into the subscription app community. <laughs> so if you're an amazing subscription app listening, maybe give JC another nine months or something and then hit her up uh, and get her back into our community. Because oh uh, no. I'd, I'd love to see what else you, you would work on in this space. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I know. I mean, I might start doing some more like consulting or something like that or doing some side projects and things like that probably in this space. So yeah, totally interested in talking to people. Probably won't leave GitHub anytime soon, but... I yeah. can also change to the mobile team at GitHub, so it's all good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so we'll share we'll share uh, the the post that we were discussing and and links awesome. to uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and and other stuff in the show notes. But anything else you wanted to to share as we wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, firstly, like shout out to my team who I worked on this with. This wasn't just me. I got a lot of the, the fame for this, uh, but this is a team, team <laughs> yeah. thing. So Kartoffel shout out. Um, and yeah, everybody can find me on the internet is, uh, two average, um, mostly on Twitter. So two O average. And yeah, also my medium also is two average and yeah, also, yeah. Shout out to, uh, the sub club <laughs> community and, uh, yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, also, yeah, people go, go ahead and check out Blinkist if you want check out GitHub, both cool, <laughs> <laughs> both cool products. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Well, this was so fun chatting with you today. Thanks yeah. for sharing thanks for all the, here. all the learnings and, and, and thanks for doing this. I mean, genuinely, I think it's amazing. It's something, you know, I think a lot about in my own apps. And then we think about at Revenue Cat is that, you know, how, how do we help build tools that make the industry better, that help developers make more money, but that in the long run, you know, our philosophy is that we're going to help developers make more money by helping them create better user experiences, not by helping them scam users. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so thank you for like kind of introducing to the broader subscription community, this kind of idea that you can achieve business outcomes with more ethical design patterns. So, so thanks for your work there. And then thanks for sharing with us today, uh, how it all came about. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks so much for having me here. This is really fun. Thanks so much for listening. If you have a minute, please leave a review in your favorite podcast player. You can also stop by chat.subclub.com to join our private community.